Hello and welcome to the Doxology Podcast. My name is Jens Nelson. And I'm Lucas Stock. And this is a podcast dedicated to journeying together on the road that is the Christian faith. Thank you for joining us as we discuss and investigate theology and the Christian life, striving for unity amongst our diversity as members of Christ's church. So, man, it has been a while. A uh, little peek behind the curtain for everybody. I was sick last week. Uh, I'm actually still currently a little bit under the weather. Uh, but your boy, Jens Nelson, I am sad to report after something like 929 days, f- officially succumbed to the coronavirus. Uh, COVID, COVID has befallen the Nelson household. Both my wife and I have been sick this past week. Um, not really sure how we got it, where it came from, but it happened. We've been sick, both recovering well. Uh, I feel like I'm a little bit congested, congested still. So if you hear that in my voice, that's what that is. Um, but all things considered doing a okay. Glad to be back though with my, my man, Lucas here. Luckily we were ahead on recording. Like Lucas and I typically aren't ahead. Like we're usually like right on schedule. So like if something happens, we, that's, that's why we sometimes re-release episodes, but we happen to have an episode in the back pocket where we um, where we were talking about uh, uh, Carl Rahner, which was a great episode, um, and, and I'm glad we you know didn't have to skip a beat. But here we are again with a new episode, and I just mentioned Carl Rahner, uh, our, our m- most recent one, which was a fan-inspired episode. Thank you, Christopher, for that one. And we're back this week with yet another fan-inspired episode. Now, this comes to us from a listener named Hayden, so we want, we want to give Hayden a shout-out, say thank you for the recommendation. We also love the puns that were uh, ever so pre- prevalent in his email. Uh, he, he kept making jokes about lots. Uh, you know, today we're talking about the casting of lots, and there were a lot of jokes about casting lots, and I'm saying there were a lot of them. Anyway, they're going to pop up from time to time here. Lucas is shaking his head at me. There will be quite a few puns as this episode progresses. So anyway, without any further ado, let's jump into it, man. Talking about lots, uh, we're not talking about the character Lot, uh, you know, like his wife turned into a pillar of salt. Um, we're not talking about like a plethora of items, like, oh, I have a lot of coins in my pocket. We are talking about the casting of lots. What, what's the deal with these things, man? What do you want to start off by discussing? <clears throat> yeah, I guess. Well, I, I'm glad I unmuted my mic just in time to clear my throat. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, I guess like it's one of those things that I feel like is always in the background, you know, or I shouldn't say always, but growing up in like Sunday school, youth group, uh, you know, Veggie Tales. Like I'm thinking of when in the Veggie Tales Jonah movie when they play Go Fish to figure out why the storm is going on. Um, there are there are quite a few instances throughout uh, either stories where we see people casting lots in scripture or straight up just instructions on you should cast lots to determine this or that thing in the law and, and elsewhere. And it really is um, an interesting thing because there's not as far as, far as I am thinking, I, I don't think that this is a practice that has carried over culturally into like our heritage come, you know, 
Western English speaking world. I'm thinking back like even further to like Western Europe and I don't, you know, medieval time. I don't really know of any sort of like cultural heritage of casting lots as a, as a decision making, I guess maybe like flipping a coin would be maybe the closest thing that we have that like people would be sort of, I, I expect everyone listening is familiar with the idea and, and you've probably flipped many coins to make a decision that you can't figure out what to do between two, th- you know, like, um, but it's kind of a weird thing that other than that seems pretty foreign, at least to yeah. me when I think about like Agreed. A- imagining a group of people, we're at a standstill. We know we've got to make a decision. We're not sure what to do. So we, you know, cast lots, which might look like, from what I could tell, it, it kind of varied from place to place and different practices, but it might look like rolling dice. It might look like, um, like, uh, when you, you know, uh, what's it like when you pull straws and you get like, whoever has the shortest is, you know, I don't know it or the winner or the loser. I guess it depends on what you're casting lots for. <laughs> um, and it's basically kind of what it sounds like, uh, you know, in, in, in those different forms, uh, if you can imagine what flipping a coin is, like what it's like to flip a coin, I think that's that's probably a pretty solid understanding of like that's the basic idea of like what's happening. And I think what gets kind of weird about that is like why is that something that features as often as it does in scripture if it is something, you know, akin to obviously it's different and there's different um, sort of cultural expectations and backgrounds around it, because I don't think very many people would would say that flipping a coin today represents some sort of divine answer, um, which definitely is sort of more the expectation when you're casting lots, both for the ancient Hebrews and the Israelites, as well as, we'll see a little bit, the early, early Christians in the New Testament, uh, but also the pagan neighbors. Um, you know, we see in the New Testament, we see the Roman soldiers casting lots for Jesus's clothes. Um, and we see, to go back to the Jonah example, just instead of veggie tales, playing go fish, the actual story of Jonah, the pagan sailors are are casting lots to figure out what's up with the storm. So um, you can kind of see like there's this, there, it's a very common practice in, in the Mediterranean and ancient Near Eastern world. And it's not unique to God's people, but as we'll get into, uh, God's people do it, and they do it at his command. Um, it's not just something that seems like they kind of just picked it up from their neighbors. It's it's uh, in the law. They are commanded to settle certain questions um, by casting of lots, and we see that playing itself out at different points. So it's it's a bit it's a bit funky to me, uh, and it's it's. I saw the email and I was like, well, great. I don't know how to answer that. Like. <laughs> way to go, you know, say, ask us anything, and then somebody does, and it's not one I'm excited about. But I think, I think, on you know, on some levels, that's sort of the baseline answer, is it's basically like flipping a coin or rolling dice with the expectation that you are um, sort of submitting yourself to, and I think this will be a big theme of our conversation, uh, the providence of God, that the result of that lot casting or coin flipping or whatever it might be, um, reflects that God will will guide that result such that you can trust that uh, the answer or, or the result of that 
lot casting reflects God's will. And we see that again to, to just keep hammering home these examples. Um, the lots fall on Jonah. The, the lots that the sailors are casting, they fall on Jonah. So apparently it works, right? Because he is the reason that God was sending the storm. And, uh, and then when they, when they act on that and cast him overboard, the, the, the storm ceases. So, so, you know, that's just one example, but those are sort of my like overarching thoughts. And they're a little scatterbrained because, uh, it's, it's like I said, it's a little bit of a weird topic to me. It, 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 I don't feel like, uh, I can easily pin it down the way that I sometimes like to do, uh, to try and figure out like, oh, this is what I want to say. This is what I think is going on. I think it's more of like, what can we sort of, what can we sort of glean and see um, from the times we see this either commanded or happening in scripture and sort of think through what it means that that, that, that takes place in the life of God's people in, and in, in, in pretty important ways in even redemptive history, as, as we can see. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think there's a lot of interesting questions that we could pursue. Mm. And I think that it's a little bit, it's a little bit uh, of, it's one of those things that's just kind of when you start to notice it, you notice it a lot, you know, like, like it's both testaments it's different genres. Like I said, it's commands and examples. So those are sort of my like very rambly thoughts to, to kick us off. Anything I missed that, like any specific passages I, that I, that you wanted to bring up or, yeah. or like sort of overarching questions to guide the discussion? Yeah, I think I will. Um, there, I, I like that you mentioned the word providence in there. Um, I, I think similarly of, of God's sovereignty, um, this this is one of those strange topics because this this thing casting of lots um, apparently it is it, it's a form of this word called claromancy. Um, basically, it's a, a form of sortion in which an outcome is determined by means that would normally be considered random. So, like, yeah, you roll a dice. Technically, it is, you're going to get a random roll. You can't necessarily you there are there are things like the the surface of the table. Um, the friction that is produced by that surface or whatever that causes it to land on a certain face um, seems random, but it, it seems also to sometimes reveal the word of God according to scripture. So like there's this like almost like this tension of randomness, but like yet God's providence and sovereignty in all things. Um, but like I, I a, a passage that came to mind was Proverbs sixteen thirty three that says the lot is cast into the lap, but it's every decision is from the Lord. Um, so you know you, you may cast a lot whether that's like you said um, sticks or stones or coins some kind of dice. Um, it, it seems random. It seems like we don't have a say in the outcome, but like the every decision is the lord so like that's a a very unique thing is that so the the question that i had to ask myself is like okay so that passage proverbs 16:33 can i just take that and apply that today to my situation can i can i flip a coin and be like okay heads i'm going to move to chicago tails i'm going to move to alabama i'm going to move to birmingham and live with lucas and the the way that that lands i can trust that that was god's divinely uh, providential, sovereignly inspired decision, or was it random? That, that which which one is it? Um, 
and that's that's sort of like like I said, that's sort of the tension of this conversation. Um, but the the practice of casting lots, uh, I didn't get an exact count, but some of the research I saw said approximately seventy times in the Old Testament and approximately seven times in the New Testament that we see this practice being mentioned. Um, so in spite of the many references of casting lots in the Old Testament, nothing is really known about what is actually being cast in every instance. Um, could be stones, could be sticks, whatever. Um, but like Lucas said, uh, th- th- just think of like drawing straws. Think of flipping a coin, even something like rock, paper, scissors in a way. Um, maybe there's a little bit more control because you're picking what you're throwing, but you don't necessarily know what the other person's throwing. Um, but what I found kind of interesting is that this Greek word for lot uh, is apparently kleros, kleros, um, and it serves as the etymological root for Eng- English words like cleric, clergy, and even this idea of cleromancy. Um, so, like, kind of interesting that this that the the word for lot is the root of something even like clergy. And as we'll maybe discuss in a little bit, um, despite the fact that like this practice has not trickled down to much Protestantism, or at least not Western Protestantism, I did seem to find in a couple of articles that like lot casting is still a practice in the Eastern Orthodox Church, and there are a couple of other traditions that still practice this today. So like, you know, what do we what do we make of that? I'm not exactly sure, um, but. I don't know. I like I like that you've you've um, you've already highlighted a number of, of of passages of scripture that deal with this. Um, if we were going to highlight a couple more, um, we could look at the um, the division of the land under Joshua. So the the promised land, how it was going to be divided in Joshua chapters fourteen through twenty one. Um, let's see. God allowed Israel uh, to cast lots in order to determine his will for given situations. So like Joshua 18, Chronicles 24, um, various offices and function in the temple were determined by the casting of lots. Uh, Lucas already mentioned Jonah. Um, Lucas already mentioned Jesus's garments. Uh, perhaps one of the biggest one is where the uh, the 11 apostles cast lots to determine who would replace Judas in Acts 126. So we see even even in Acts, even even the very apostles who, I mean, the foundation uh, of the early church and its its growth, part of their part of their growth was we're going to cast lots to determine who's going to replace the traitor. Um, and is it Matthias? I forget who's the, who's the disciple. Yeah. Matthias, who's, who's the, the lot falls on him and he is the, the new 12th apostle. So like, those are just great examples. Like I said, of, of this practice in scripture being put to use. This isn't, I think a lot of times, especially in my own mind, I don't know, maybe other people, maybe even you, Lucas, but when I've thought about casting lots, it almost feels like a, um, almost like a supernatural like divination or um like almost demonic act like you're it's it's almost like okay we could trust in the lord and his guidance or we could do this like this little shifty shady thing to determine an outcome so you know instead of trusting god's judgment i'm just gonna roll a dice and whoever the dice happens to land on that's gonna be the guy um 
I don't know if you've felt similarly, similarly, but I know that I have, I, I'm sure there are people out there that have that same sort of gut feeling when they hear casting lots. They think of like maybe witchcraft or something. Um, and I don't think the two always have to be separate. I'm sure there is some overlap, but, but obviously, as we've already outlined here, both in the Old and the New Testament, this is not associated with witchcraft, but it's associated with like determining the will of God. Who, who, who is going to be the 12th apostle is like a big deal. And they determined it by casting lots, not by like voting, not by appointing somebody like who, who's, you know, who's the most logical person to take over Judas's spot. Like, no, we're going to cast lots to determine who takes Judas's spot. I don't know. That's, that's, what do you think? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I think there's a couple of um, points with that where I think that that reflects a little bit of our, um, the way that we approach spirituality and spiritual things in our culture, or at least a lot of the segments of our culture, at least that I'm familiar with, because obviously that's that that can't be true in in an absolute sense, because we can point to, you know, 70 times in the Old Testament where it shows up, and a lot of those are God telling Israel to do it, you know, for the purpose of determining his will not saying like oh don't cast you know don't cast lots like the like the canaanites or whatever like there's lots of there's lots of things that the canaanites did that in the law israel was told not to do you know for the specific purpose of separating themselves and casting lots is not one of those things and you know the priests i I forget the exact way this works out but they've got the um the urim and thurim or thumim, umim, I can't remember the. There a lot of times those words are just kind of like capitalized and untranslated in in Bible translations, at least that I've seen. And um, I was just reading the other day about uh, when, but right before, which we've talked about this passage before, right before, which is just interesting given your what you just brought up. But right before Saul goes to not Saul of Tarsus, Saul, king of Israel, goes to uh, the the witch at Endor, the medium at Endor. He he's trying like the reason he goes there is because he wants to know God's will to fight the Philistines. And the reason he goes to a witch or, or a medium to to have her call up Samuel is he, you know, the beginning of that chapter, he has prayed and he sacrificed to God and he cast lots and, and he didn't get an answer, um, which not knowing the details of what the common, you know, Israelite, like what kind of lot cat. It's interesting to like if you rolled a if. If we roll the dice, we'd get an answer. We might not have any confidence that, you know, that 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 answer meant anything beyond just a one in six or a one in twenty or whatever chance that it would fall on that side. But it is so. So I don't. I, again, just kind of like you mentioned, like not knowing exactly the 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 mechanics of of what you know Hebrew and Israelite lot casting looked like. Um, it's interesting, but but so so yeah, it's it's kind of interesting to see to see that it is a a not just acceptable but but commanded method of determining what God's will is for his people and what's really interesting is going into the new testament it continues to be to at least a certain extent and i think there's a couple things i want to say i don't know if you were um i might have missed you saying this but um i i also came across um I only came across one example of like a, a contemporary Christian uh, practice of lot casting, which is 
the the Coptic Church elects its its popes that way. I'm not sure if you found. Uh, I did find that. that. I have a couple. There, I I brought up like more recent modern examples. Not all uh, of these still do this. The only one gotcha. that I found that still does as recently as 2012 was the Coptic one. But gotcha. Yeah. Um. So. And that one I think is really interesting because it's you can you I think you can really see how that is very closely connected to the big New Testament you know example of of good lot casting, which is the eleven casting lots to determine the the who replaced Judas. And I think what's really interesting is um, you you kind of get. Like I've got two things to say about that. One is you kind of get this model of what it what it might look like because they didn't just have you know the the five hundred or however many brethren that they had in at that point and just cast lots. They they had you know quote unquote narrowed it down. There there were there were basically two candidates left, and the, and and this wasn't you know it wasn't like a popularity contest or whatever. But they had they had narrowed it down through you know praying and, and considering, oh, someone who was with us from the beginning, someone who's filled with the spirit, you know, all that kind of stuff, who witnessed Christ's uh, resurrection, or, you know, these criteria. And they basically get to narrow it down through, okay, what what ought to be the qualifications of an apostle? And then you've got two people who fit that bill. And so they, they cast lots and it falls on Matthias and that's who they pick. Um, and so, you know, with, with the election of, I, I, you know, I'm by no means an expert on the election process for <laughs> Coptic popes, um, but you've got, you've got a narrowed down list of possible candidates because you've, at the, at the most, you've got all the Coptic bishops um, to choose from, which, you know, that's different than saying all Coptic Christians or all Coptic uh, clergy or something like that. Um or all Coptic monks, or, or you, you, you know, like you've got a a sort of, um, you might say, wise and practical pool of candidates, and then you're saying, okay, we've got these, these, you know, let's say it's all the bishops or whatever. We've got these qualified and called men who are who have been called by God and are fulfilling a vocation, a very specific vocation that most people don't you know in this case bishop and um you know by virtue of ordination and and uh consecration as bishop all that kind of stuff like they're we know they're qualified we know they could do the job of pope in theory who should it be well instead of having a popularity contest or voting we're going to cast lots and whoever it falls on we're going to trust that that's the, the person god is calling and i think that you can see that being a very close model of what's going on with the apostles the 11 apostles selecting the, the the replacement for judas but then the flip side that i think is really interesting is um nowhere in the new testament any of paul's letters or uh or or any of the catholic epistles and even um which i think is like really interesting um something like the jerusalem council in acts 15 there's no mention of uh, either in story form, in narrative form, or in a command or instruction. Um, there's no mention of casting lots to determine the the solution to a quandary or or trying to figure out what God's will is. And you might think, like, okay, you know, the 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 first 
council of the church in Jerusalem, you know, Peter and Paul and James, James is overseeing it, all this stuff. You might think like, oh, well, if there was going to be a group of people casting lots to determine God's will, it might be, you know, I, I would assume all 12, if, if they were all, I don't know if all 12 were still alive at that point, but if all 12 including Matthias from chapter one of Acts might be at the council in Jerusalem and in chapter 15 of Acts. And you might think they would, they would uh, be like, well, Hey, this worked before, you know, we've got sort of our boundaries and our guidelines. Let's cast lots and, and determine um, what the council's decision should be, but they don't, which is, which I think shows um, why, or, or maybe a reason why it's not a common practice because for whatever reason, it doesn't appear to me that God has uh, decided to instruct his people to continue using lots as like a primary way of discerning his will. Um, there's probably lots of reasons we could we could talk about why that might be, but I think to start at least, it seems like like there's no there's no instruction in the New Testament. There there is in the Old Testament, but not in the New Testament for the church to continue doing it in the way, at least the same way that Israel did for determining God's will and stuff. In, 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 I've certainly been in situations where it feels like a coin flip is the best way to, to pick, uh, to pick something. And I don't, I don't see how there's any, you know, I think I have a high, I, I think I have a high enough view of God's providence that I don't see any reason to doubt that he would use, um, a coin flip, you know, quote unquote, to, to, to help me discern his will if I've, you know, kind of come to the point, you know, maybe you're you're applying to a bunch of jobs and you hear back from two jobs and, and you know, they, they're, they're both kind of equal in your eyes, equal pay and benefits, and you're excited about both and you're like, man, I just don't know what's best for, for me and my family. You know, in, in a moment like that, you know, I have no reason to doubt if I've prayerfully walked through the job application process and, you know, interviews and figuring out what what's a good, you know, salary that I need to support my family. Or it's a good living situation, all these things. And there's two equally good answers. I'm not going to say you should cast lots, but I think I think I'm going to say I don't see why you couldn't. I don't know. <laughs> um, but I, I guess that's where I'll leave it. I don't know if you've got any thoughts in, either in response to me or just like to kind of further that those lines of thought in the no, conversation. I agree. I, 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 I wasn't sure where I was going to land when we entered this conversation, um, or at least when we, when we brainstormed doing the episode and, and preparing for it. Um, but like, as I prepped and as we've conversed here, the more that I'm like, well, we don't have a prohibition. I mean, on the one hand, there's nowhere where God says no longer cast lots. If we had that, it would, it would be a, you know, closed case, so to speak. Um, we also don't have that like command or even like suggestion to do so like you've alluded to. All we have New Testament wise is the example of the the apostles determining the new one. I mean, you, you mentioned the, the the Roman soldiers, but that's more like a narrative that we saw something happen. It's not a prescriptive way to live out in the world. Um and I, I don't. I also think the same is true of that early Acts passage. Is that that is a descriptive, you know, this is a thing that happened. It's how they did it. It's not necessarily how everything has to happen going forward. However, I do wonder 
because there is no direct, you know, command or, um, you know, one way or another, do this or don't do this. Maybe that's why for some traditions it continues or at least did continue for a while um, because they, they, they read scripture. They saw that it clearly put forward that that was a method used to, to choose a, an apostle to be the next apostle. And so in their minds, maybe they, maybe they have a, a, a tradition and a process of doing this and they feel that this is God's uh, will and his, his judgment. So like, let's, let's follow it. And I think if that's the case, if you're doing that from like a, a firm conviction that like, that's what's happening, like w- why question it? Like you, you are uh, a new Testament believer who has been given the gift of the spirit who, I mean, like Lucas said, we can prayerfully consider, we can narrow down these. It's not like I'm imagining, like you said, Lucas, that like they've narrowed this down to like maybe a small handful. It's not like they're just looking at the general population of their church and it's like, oh, it fell on Matthew. Uh, You're not even prepared for this role, but you're going to fulfill it. Like that's, that's not how it, how it's working, right? Like the, they've, they've done the, the prayer, the work, the, uh, you know, to get to that final point. So the casting of lots is almost like the the surrendering it to God is like, now this is, we, we've done the work up to this point and God is going to like fulfill or like to quote that Proverbs passage, every decision is from the Lord. You know, we've, we've done the work. Now this is going to fall how it's going to fall. Um, like then that's, then that's fine. Um, but I also wonder even if, when you were talking a little bit ago, I was picturing like, you know, church votes that I've been a part of, or, or maybe like at a church that's doing a vote. And like, I remember when I was a kid, the church I was attending, there was a vote for a new youth pastor and he lost by like literally a handful of votes. And in my mind, almost in a sense, even voting feels like a little bit of a type of lot casting you're getting a bunch of people into a room who have different beliefs and opinions and who are voting particular ways. And the outcome was unknown when you entered. And like, it's, it's different. It's different, but it, uh, go ahead. Yeah. I actually want to, uh, devil, maybe not devil's advocate, maybe just push back. I don't know. But I think where, like you, I mean, obviously it's not the same as casting lots. You just said that, but I think the, like, the big difference, and you 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 mentioned this a little bit ago, and and even going back to to what you said about like it kind of so this this sort of uh, almost like automatic association with like witchcraft or sorcery or divination, I think is probably a better word. Like who like the difference between oh, okay, we've got you know these two or three or four qualified youth pastor candidates, we're going to hold a congregational vote and go with that. Versus we've got these three or four qualified candidates, we're going to cast lots, which sounds just so it would never happen in that context. But like the reason I'm starting to think maybe it should <laughs> is because then it is up to God's providence. Yeah, that's not what I'm saying. Up to, yeah, it's not up to the uh, the I mean, collective people, people decision are petty. of a bunch of yeah. Christian, a bunch yeah. of individual Christian people who, who like, what, like putting aside like the imperfections or like the sins that, that people might harbor or, or bring into a vote for something like a new hire at a church or something like that. There's just the fact that we're, you know, how big is the church? 50, 100, 150, 200 separate people with all these separate lives, with all these separate uh, just imperfections because we're just not perfect creatures you know and so it's like 
I'm starting to think it's almost <laughs> like once you've gotten to that point, why not? Why not cast law? And I think it goes back to with the whole like witchcraft question or the question of like taking um, the Axe One slash maybe you know Coptic uh, Pope <laughs> election as examples. It's like we're talking about these scenarios where we have you know like we said kind of d- quote unquote done the work that that a faithful steward of of you know um and you know whether it's fulfilling a position in the church or, or whatever it is uh faithful you know prayerful sort of like consideration in the process and we've kind of come to the decision point you know we've interviewed a hundred youth pastor candidates and we figured out the five who are good fits or could be a good fit um there's no clear winner it's like that is, I think, when it, if I'm going to be really careful, if you're <laughs> casting lots, like that's when I think it would make sense to do it yeah. because that's when, like you, I think the way you put it before, I can't remember when you said that, but earlier, giving up the decision to God, like that's where the, I think the, one of the presuppositions, whether you're talking about the Old Testament or New Testament or doing it today, one of the presuppositions, I think, for any kind of lot casting would be that you are trusting in God's in the God, the true God's providence over the outcome, right? You're not just like, well, I hope some spirit kind of helps me out or, well, it's totally random and I'll just go with whatever the universe randomly decides that I should do. But like there's part of casting lots in the context of, of a, a scriptural model, if we could put it that way, presupposes that that the god of israel the the blessed trinity god the father son and spirit is superintending over that decision in in his providence in his great mysterious wisdom that we can't necessarily understand and all that kind of stuff like that that kind of presupposition i think is a huge part of it which is why i'm i hear about um oh this is how the cops pick their pope and i'm like Oh, that makes total sense. <laughs> you know, it's like versus it when it's just like when you when I at least start to think about this, I'm like casting a lot. So that's weird. It's like <laughs> oh yeah, God God told His people to do it. Huh. That's weird. Yeah. Oh yeah, God God told His people to do it in the Old Testament, and His people did it in the New Testament, and it worked. Huh. That's weird. <laughs> and it's like that's kind of as I've been thinking about it this week. That's I've just kind of been like slowly yeah. like taking steps forward to where now. Talking it out and hashing it out, I'm like, you know, <laughs> I I kind of am at a point where I want to say, you know, I won't say firmly until I maybe do a little bit more thinking and maybe even praying and lot casting about it. But Ooh, I, got I, 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 I seem to think that the, what, what the scriptures point to is not that this is like, you know, a a sacrament of the church where we need Mm. to be doing this all the time. And this is like the primary way we make decisions or even as individual Christians, it's like, Oh, I want to live my life for God. Like you said, Oh, maybe I should move, toss a dice in the air. Oh, looks like I'm moving. You know, let's, let's pack up honey. And it's like, I mean, that could be a good thing, but, but like it could not be. And there's really no reason, like there's reason when the 11 cast lots for those two candidates. There, there, there's a reason that they've gotten to this point of, like you said, giving up the decision to God. 
to God's mm-hmm. providence and and trusting that okay it landed on Matthias I'm going to trust not only that this is God's providential outcome but that this is that means this is the right outcome and we're going to trust entrust this responsibility to you and you need to trust that God has called and equipped you for this role and 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 then that's how we're going to move forward and it's like I I think there's I I can't see a reason why there's not a place for that in the yeah. life of the church. Um, not that it's this everyday occurrence, like to use the Coptic example, just because it's the the one like contemporary example that we both found as like this ongoing example where it's like you don't you don't elect a pope all that often, but when you do, like to have this kind of kind of be the the deci- the, the final decision of of the process, like I just see it. Not that this doesn't settle the question for me, but it just makes a lot of sense, you know, looking at the biblical record and and especially in the context of church questions, the New Testament record. It's like, you know, I see where I see where it fits and it's not prohibited, obviously, because they did it and God honored it. Um, And of course, balance that with it's also not commanded and we don't see any other examples of Paul saying, oh, you Corinthians, you cast lots and that was good, you know, or whatever, you know, like, um, so I do think it's more of this like I see a place for it, and I think yeah. there were there, you'd have to, you'd have to have that specific place for it. It's not just willy nilly, right? Because um, I mean, then like I anything. think you do fall into just kind of being frivolous and just almost you do start almost just treating God like a genie, you right? Know, or, or like a common spirit, and not and I think- like the God of the universe. Right. I think that's the risk is it, it could just turn into like every decision you make is you roll the dice or you flip the coin. It's like, you know, a uh, two face from Batman, like any decision he makes, it's made from the flip of that coin or something like that would be a little bit ridiculous to live your entire life basing every decision that way. But like, yeah, like these major milestones in, in the church, these major things that, um, you know, electing a Pope or choosing a new Bishop or something um, like those are, Perhaps, like, in, in my mind, it almost takes some of the, like, burden off of a conscience because it, it's eliminating your, like, agonizing over a decision and, and leaving it up to the Lord. Like, you're trusting, like, hey, I'm going to, this is the method we're going to do this. And the fall is determined by, by God, by Yahweh. And we're going to take confidence in that. Like, as opposed to, like, oof, man, did we, did I, did, did we make this correct decision? You know, whether it's a guy or a group. Um, I don't know. I kind of, I kind of like the idea too of like yeah. finding a, a little place for this somewhere in the life of the church. And also, um, another thought that literally just occurred to me as you were talking is like we we see um, with in Judges specifically with Gideon. You know, we get the 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 expression of of letting out a fleece. Um, and I know, like like I've heard people in the church talk about this idea of like letting out a fleece. And I've certainly had moments where, where I'm just like totally at a loss of, of what to do. I'm like, I don't know what, what, what's God's will, what's right, what's wrong, what makes sense, all that kind of stuff where it's like, God, just, you know, just give me a sign. Like, you know, if, if I get that email back by this date, I'll do it or whatever, you know, like that kind of thing. Um, and like God honors Gideon's fleece, right? Like he and he does it twice actually because Gideon isn't satisfied. So he says, "All right, do it again." But you know, and and so so like there there's there's one aspect where it's like, well, I'm not gonna say that like like obviously it it didn't make God mad at Gideon. Like he did it, 
you know, he, he condescended to Gideon's weak faith and he did it. Um, but then also we, we are also instructed not to put the Lord, our God to the test. And I think that, 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 that is a tension that I've often felt where I'm like, you know, God's made promises and we see people like Gideon doing things like letting out a fleece, but also we're not, we're not supposed to be going around here like, well, Hey God, you know, you, if you were really God, you'd do this or you'd say that or whatever. Um, and it almost to me feels like casting lots. Like if you get to this agonizing decision where you're like, Oh, I don't know. Let me let out a fleece. It's like, I don't, I almost feel like casting lots is a, is a, is a, is a more sure way to do that because you're not just kind of randomly coming up with some arbitrary sign that you've decided means something. If God would just, you know, come down and, and do what you want him to do. But like, you have something a little like you have like like you said a method where it's like I've prayed I've I've sought counsel this is the situation I need God's decision not my own decision uh, and that method of casting lots is something that goes back all the way to the the law so it's it's kind of got like a pedigree where you know God never commanded anybody to let out a fleece you know we see it work for Gideon but there's never a command for it there was a command for it many commands for it in the in the law so like you know that might be a little a little cheeky but like it's a thought i had of just like it's almost it feels more secure to me like i feel like i can i can i can be more sure that i'm actually you know doing something that that god god will speak through than just like Oh God, you know, like I just really need a sign, you know. Um, let me see a hawk on my way to work today, and if I don't, then I I know I need to quit or something, you know. And it's like fully believe that God does that, but like, how do you know that you've picked a good sign if you're just picking something out of thin air, <laughs> you know? Versus like I'm gonna cast lots, I'm gonna trust. And again, I I want to be careful, or I, I don't think that. <laughs> That if you're listening to this, uh, you should just start carrying around a, a lot set in your, in your backpack or something <laughs> for you any got time there, you bud? make a decision. <laughs> oh, these are my lots. <laughs> uh, probably be, probably a good way to start a conversation about, you know, God or whatever. Well, now I'm just um, picturing boys oh, on, like, sorry. college campuses all across the country, like, casting lots to determine who their next <laughs> wife is going to be. So, like, yeah, you definitely got to be careful there. <laughs> Classes start up yeah, in a couple so I, weeks, I, so that's true. That's true. Cast your lots um, now, I think, boys. <laughs> I, I think I think that's kind of where I want to land. Is I'm just yeah. like, I like the the spiritual realm is real, you know, and, and like that's that's not a surprise if you've listened to us that we would say something like that. And and God God is he he is someone who who works through means and. This is a means that we've seen work and we've seen God's people be given by God. So I'm like, that's pretty interesting. I never, like, I'm glad, I'm thankful for this episode because I, I didn't know that about Coptic popes. I didn't know that that's something that's continued. I didn't, I didn't really think about the implications of the apostles in Acts 1. Like, I knew that story, of course, but like, I never really thought through what that means for me as, as a, as a, as a, a member of, of Christ's church today, you yeah. know, um, so I don't know. I, I think that's really it's really interesting. There there needs to be a lot of, of thought and care and caution, which is why Agreed. I keep saying like I'm not saying just go cast a bunch of lots, but 
I can't imagine, again, quote-unquote, biblical lot casting. <laughs> I can't imagine, following sort of the examples we've been given in Scripture, why there isn't a place for that at the right time, at the in the appropriate setting. It's not me in my in my room just wanting to know which new video game to buy so I cast lots. But it's there's this set there's this this the church it's the church together, God's people coming to discern his will for a specific question, right? And I think that in that way, I think I think I think we gotta say there's a place for it. Oof. I love it. And that's kind of where I landed too. Um, I think last little last little five percent here, I was just gonna mention a couple of the other examples that I had found. You know, we've mentioned a couple of times now the Coptic Church, most recently their Pope, um Ta Adros the second. Um, I apologize, Mr. Pope the second, if I butchered your name. Um, the other examples, the Eastern Orthodox Church, um, as recently as nineteen seventeen, um, the Patriarch of Moscow was drawn by the casting of lots, so that's kind of interesting. Um, another example, the German pietist Christians in the 18th century often followed the New Testament example of drawing lots to determine the will of God. Um, so again, not very many traditions uh, still do this today. I saw a couple of things here and there about like um, uh, different like Amish and Mennonite uh, traditions. Um, but most of what I saw was pretty fringe or pretty like not mainstream. Um, but suffice it to say over the last 2000 years, there have been examples of Christians across the world doing this practice. So I think we're safe in saying that it's okay with parameters and boundaries. Anyway, that's all kick it to you, man. Sweet. This was a fun one. Thank you as always for engaging with us and recommending it and and especially uh fun ones like this so yeah um as a prayer uh we're gonna i'm gonna pray hopefully not too badly butcher though i'm sure i will uh a poem by george herbert entitled praise king of glory king of peace i will love thee and that love may never cease i will move thee thou has granted my request thou hast heard me Thou didst note my working breast, thou hast spared me. Wherefore, with my utmost art, I will sing thee, and the cream of all my heart I will bring thee. Though my sins against me cried, thou didst clear me, and alone, when they replied, thou didst hear me. Seven whole days, not one in seven, I will praise thee. In my heart, though not in heaven, I can raise thee. Thou growest soft and moist with tears, thou relentestst. And when justice called for fears, thou dissentestst. Small it is in this poor sort to enroll thee. Even eternity is too short to extol thee. Amen. Uh, well, well, well. We've come to the end of our episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you, uh, Hayden, for the uh, suggestion. Thank you for the, the hard work and, and the pre preparation and the recording. And thanks to everybody, whether it's your first or your 230th, 228th time listening. Uh, thanks for tuning in. If you'd like to connect with us, as you can see, we listen and we, we you know, 
take your recommendations. Um, hit us up on Twitter at Doxology Podcast. You can find us also there on Instagram, at least sometimes. We are always available by email at doxologypodcast on, at gmail.com. Uh, we'd love your feedback and questions, and especially, obviously, episode ideas. We'd love to hear from you, whatever it is you have to say. And until next time, we'll see you. Cast all those lots, my dudes. <laughs>